We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Managing Editor Derek C. Apollo. I'm with you on this Christmas Eve, folks. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Your Los Angeles Rams, our Los Angeles Rams, are the 2017 NFC West champions with a 27-23 victory over the Tennessee Titans. There are so many different things to talk about today. It was a tough game. It was a slog. Let's just be honest about that. It was a rough, rough game. One of the worst performances the Rams have put on at times this year. But they make it happen in the end behind their playmakers, behind some poise on the offense with a little bit of coming together on the defense. The Rams are, again, your 2017 NFC West champions. Yes, that's right. I'll say it one more time. Can't help myself here. Your 2017 NFC West champions, the first division championship by the Rams since 2003. All right, before we even go any further, we want to knock this out early because I don't want to forget it. I'm too excited. The Golden Ram Barbershop out there at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California, 92683. Owner Sal Martinez, if you have not been out there to see this man's shop to get a haircut, listen, he opened up this shop in 1994, the day the Rams left. 
kept the lights on, built a shrine to that team. You have helmets, jerseys, pictures, autographs, you name it. He's got it. Oh, and by the way, he cuts hair. It's a great place to go there and talk Rams football. It's a great place to get a good deal. Use the promo code Rams Talk. Call 714-894-7267. Again, call 714-894-7267. Get a great cut. They are normally open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, Saturday 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Of course, on Sundays are closed for Rams football. They also have some holiday closures this week and probably next week. Just check online, give them a phone call. Again, that's Sal Martinez. If, by the way, you wish to sponsor us, if you want to talk to us about that, hey, we will do our job to make sure that people know to come see you. Give us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Again, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We'll talk about how we can work together and partner with this podcast. All right, one more thing. If you haven't been to iTunes, go over there. Please give us a review, a five-star review. Beautiful thing. We'll go ahead and get you entered in our latest contest, another $50 gift certificate over to NFLShop.com. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. Don't forget SoundCloud. Oh, and Google Play. So, those places, if you want to hear our podcast, you can go catch up on some old ones. We've had Jim Ever on the show. We've had Henry Ellard on the show. We have some other Rams legends who are either going to be on the show soon or have already been on. We just haven't released their episodes yet, so check them out. All right, let's talk about this. The Rams today, 27-23 winners over Tennessee on the road. They finished 7-1 on the road this year, one of the best records in the NFL. What a tough game. Much tougher than many analysts expected. Let's go through the numbers. In the passing game, the Rams go 22-38 of with Jared Goff with 301 yards, four touchdowns. Johnny Hecker does attempt one pass on the fake punt. Marcus Mariota for the Titans, 22 of 39, 275 yards, one touchdown. Todd Gurley, boy, did he have a day, 276 total yards. Rushing, 22 carries, 118 yards, 34 being as long. Malcolm Brown with a carry for four yards. Jared Goff has three carries for minus six yards. Rushing for the Titans, 15 carries for 48 yards and a touchdown for DeMarco Murray. Derrick Henry, eight carries, 25 yards. A long of 10, Marcus Mariota, 3 carries, 24 yards. In the passing game, this was the Todd Gurley show. 10 catches, 158 yards, 2 touchdowns, a long of 80 on a beautiful screen pass. The Rams caught a blitz there, did a great job picking it up. Cooper Cup had a critical drop in this game, recovered later for a beautiful touchdown catch. He has actually turns into the game-winning touchdown catch. 4 catches, 65 yards, 1 touchdown, his long of 34. Robert Woods, three catches, 33 yards, with a long of 13. Sammy Watkins, three catches, 30 yards, a touchdown, long of 16. Tyler Higby, two catches, 15 yards. Over on the Titans side, their leading receiver, Corey Davis, six catches for 91 yards, a long of 37. Eric Decker, six for 73, long of 25. And Richard Matthews, two for 48. Fumbles, yes, Jared Goff had a rough day, two fumbles, did lose one. Mariota lost one as well. Uh, actually, did just fumble one. And he did recover his own fumble in a very weird play. Kicking game, Sam Ficken. Rough day in the office to start. 0 for 1 in field goals, 3 of 4 on extra point. He did figure it out later, though. Kicked his last three extra points in. Johnny Hecker, 4 punts today for 42 yards, along in 57. Not his best day overall, but he did have a critical punt late in the game to seal it up. All right, Rams on defense. Troy Hill, 9 tackles. LaMarcus Joyner, 6 tackles. Johnny Johnson, five tackles, two assists. Tremaine Johnson, four tackles, one assist. Corey Littleton, three tackles, four assists. 
Oh, and by the way, on punt returns, uh, Farrell Cooper had a rough day, actually. Four kickoff returns, a long 21, a long, uh, average 21, a long 26. One punt return for three yards. Adoree Jackson over there, a former USC guy. Three kickoff returns for an average of 36 yards, had a long 57. Adoree Jackson on punt returns, two for an average of six yards, a long of 11. All right, Rams get one sack this game. That's all from Corey Littleton. Our offensive line gave up zero. Total total numbers here. Here you go. The Rams had 21st downs, Titans with 19. Third down efficiency, 6 of 14 for 42% for the Rams, 3 of 12 for 25% for the Titans. The Rams were 1 of 2 on fourth down. The Titans were 0 for 1. Total net yards, 402 from the Rams, 366 from the Titans. Net yards rushing, 116 for the Rams, 97 for the Titans. Net yards passing, 286 for the Rams, 269 for the Titans. Oh, let's go down there. One last thing here, time of possession. This game had its moments back and forth on time of possession for the Rams. 30 minutes and 4 seconds, 29 minutes and 56 seconds for the Titans. Both teams had long drives in this game that bled the clock. Kind of a battle of the wills in the end, they even out. Penalties, very close. Five penalties for the Rams for 44 yards and five penalties for 54 yards for the Titans. It was a poorly officiated game all around. We'll talk about that here coming up. But before we even get into that, let's cover the other things about the Rams where they struggled today because we want to get the bat out of the way first. Let's get the bat out of the way. Let's get the really, really bat out of the way and then talk about the good, talk about the great things we've seen from this team this year, some resilience and so on and so forth. All right. Today, bad things. I'm going to go ahead and mark these out there now. I'll even go ahead and throw my go of the game in here now. The go of the game, Troy Hill in man-to-man coverage today struggled quite a bit. I'll give him the go of the game. There are quite a few folks who struggled today overall, but that's where I'll go. Go of the game, Troy Hill. This doesn't mean he was you absolutely horrid, but he struggled man-to-man coverage quite a bit. It was obvious. It got to the point where Mario was, was picking on him quite a bit, and so Troy Hill. Our linebackers today, you know, you miss Mark Barron on the inside. You really, on days like today where they were really getting in on the intermediate routes, short routes, to try and, and just slowly move the ball on the Rams, we missed Mark Barron. You, you came and came and say more than that, really. Mark Barron, you really missed him. Also, Matt Longinker, the rotating defensive tackle, defensive end for the Rams, plays everywhere, really, even if they're in the linebacker. We missed him today as well. Just was a, a tough day for, for the front seven overall. They were not able to get a lot of pressure on Marcus Mariota, and as a result, well, we see what happens. When the Rams don't get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, they do tend to struggle in the secondary and out there in the intermediate section of the field, and that's what we saw today. The Titans kind of gave the blueprint for opposing teams. If this is how you want to beat the Rams, you got to contain the pass rush, and that's what they did, and so that's one thing. Also, love and hate on Cooper Cup. We're going to bat on Cup first. All right, and then we're going to turn around we're going to give the, the good on Cup. Okay, the bad on Cup, another big drop in open field. You know, he took a lot of heat on Twitter for this, took a lot of heat from everybody. And the question becomes, I know he's a fan favorite. A lot of people love him. At one point, do you hold him accountable? You know what? We've been holding him accountable for a while now. And we have one of our guys, Norm Hightower, here, who's my partner in crime, one of my partners in crime. He loves Cooper Cup, but even he'll tell you Cooper, every once in a while, will make that mistake, a critical mistake, and that's what he did. And there's no excuse for open open receiver. He's got space to move if he has the ball. He probably gets at least five, not if not ten or more yards on that play if he catches the ball. Boy, what a tough, tough drop he had. 
Okay. Do I need to keep going on the bad for the Rams? I mean, I could, yes. I mean, I could keep going on the Rams. Jared Goff, for a guy who threw for over 300 yards today and had four touchdowns, early in the game especially, really struggled with the pass rush, made a couple bonehead decisions, and later on, on a on a scramble, for whatever reason, he just decided, I don't know, look, when you're going to go, just go. When you're going to take off as a quarterback, you have to go. You can't hesitate. You have to go to that first down marker or get as close as you can to it. And he hesitated and, and it very nearly, very nearly cost the Rams. Fortunately, the Rams made it up. They made up for it with a beautiful toggle run you know, to, to go ahead and seal that first down. Where, by the way, yes, I know, yes, the officials did miss a false start. So, there's the rundown on some of the bad things we saw today. There is one more bad thing that we should cover here. And it's not really an indictment on the Rams. It's not an indictment on the Titans. We need to be honest about this. And I hope that nobody who is in the league that listens to our podcast, I hope they don't give us a hard time about it in the future, but we should call this out. The officiating in this game was absolutely horrid. Absolutely horrid. The officials lost control of this game briefly during that third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter, with some really, oh man, some just horrible, horrible calls, horrible decision making. This is the NFL. What point does a league get serious about making sure these officiating crews are on their game? This was a major game for both of these teams. The Titans coming in 8-6, and six, they needed this game. They really needed this game. Their playoff hopes are on the line. And then here you have the Rams. They are playing for a division title and trying to solidify a playoff berth. This is what they're looking for. And you have the officials playing a major role in this game. Now, early on in this game, I cannot tell you how many holding calls the officials missed on the Titans. And what drove me nuts was they called a holding on Robert Quinn. Very, very touchy. Very, I don't know how you can really call that hold. To be honest, it was, how do you call that hold? A few plays later, they get him again, this time on a personal foul for a low hit on Mariota. That one, it looked questionable in how he went down. It wasn't didn't look to me like he was going into purposely, uh, at least purposely going into Mariota's legs, but he did hit him low, so you have to call that penalty. There's two on Quinn right there. So you know the officials are watching Quinn. You know he has their attention, but hold after hold after hold after a hold, they don't call. They don't call it. How do you not call that? Blows my mind. The Titans' offensive line held a lot in this game. And it wasn't until later in the half, fourth quarter especially, when they started getting called on it. Not a good look for the NFL. Now, let's be fair. In that third quarter, a couple things happened that benefited the Rams. One of those being a false start that should have been called, and it wasn't called. It should have been called. They didn't call it. Rams get the first down on a toggly run. A play later, we have a touchdown pass over to Sammy Watkins. Rams take the lead. So, it gets worse. Then, the Titans attempt an onside kick after a touchdown. Pardon me, I think it was a field goal at that point. I think it was a field goal. The Rams are often not prepared. And to, even to this moment here, it's hard to even understand what happened. What should have probably been Titans bar, or at least an argument for it. Let's just say there's an argument for it. Okay, because I, I, I gotta be honest, folks. I'm still not totally square on what the heck happened there. It was very confusing, very confusing. In the end, they rule the Rams called a timeout prior to the play, and then later on they go back and say, "No, wait, there was no timeout. It was just a dead ball." Well, what was it? What's going on? Just not well communicated. If anything else, 
and hopefully as you know again this this podcast is being recorded right after the game so i don't really have all the inside yet as to what happened but watching the game at that point it doesn't look good it doesn't it's not a good look for the nfl period it's not a good look at all so there's the bad we need to call these things out you know it's seen it has seemed over the years and a lot of it's probably there's probably some bias to it but at least from our point of view here at rams talk the rams have taken it pretty hard from the officials over the years and they didn't really need to why should they need to if you think about it They've already been bad. They don't need to have two opponents in the field. They are, they have, they've always had a hard enough time with one. But yeah, here they are, and they've had some tough, tough games with the officials. But i got to admit, there's probably a little bit of bias there. But there were a lot of things that have happened this season, especially the Philly game and early on in this Tennessee game, where that paranoid Rams fan and all of us that talks about the officials being after us, that's where you would justify it. That's where you would justify it. So we'll leave it with that. The NFL needs to do a better job with their officiating crews. They need to hold these crews accountable. They should not have such a large stake in games like this. It's unfathomable to me that officiating crews can miss some of the things they miss. We can be at home watching on TV and see a holding call. It's not hard. It's not hard to see a holding call. How do you miss it? Folks will say, you know what? These officials, they have so many things they have to keep track of. Listen, you've already shown us in this game that you were watching Quinn. What's the problem? Tell me. I do want to say this, though, because there will be some folks listening to this podcast saying, okay, these guys are ramp talk, they're whining. Oh, my gosh. It's about the integrity of the game, okay? It's about the integrity of the game. And, you know, the Rams are a high-class organization in terms of the way they've carried things out on the field this year. And most of these teams are. They don't want to win with an exclamation point. They don't ever want to deal with the idea that, hey, you know what? Um, you guys won because, or you lost because of officials. No, no, no. It needs to be about the teams themselves. And also, in fairness, the Titans got a job in a couple of calls today, too. They really did. We want to be fair about that. We want to go ahead and, and note those things. Let's talk about the good. And the big good, our star of the game, the man, oh my gosh, Todd Gurley. Is there even anything to say about his performance today? Todd Gurley, wow. If he is not in consideration for the MVP award after this game... I don't know what else we can say. The guy's over 2,000 all-purpose yards this year. Has I mean, these are numbers that, that Marshall Falk put up in his MVP years. Today, 22 carries for 118 yards. That's against a very tough Tennessee front. They were a top-five team against the run this year. 10 catches, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Again, that's 276 total yards, 32 touches. And I guess the best way to describe it is this. The Rams had their backs against the wall. They're getting blitzed hard, and then you have that beautiful screenplay. And when he got into open field, he found that that gear, that, I don't want to say it, second gear. I, he went beyond, I think I saw on Twitter, it was over 21 miles per hour by the 30-yard line, getting away from that defense. This guy's a star. Todd Gurley is a star. Absolutely should be considered for the All-Pro Award. Not the All-Pro, I apologize. The MVP should be considered for the MVP Award. And there's a solid argument for him. This offense is run through him. When the Rams struggle on offense is when they're not giving him the ball. They need to put the ball in his hands. And today, Goff wasn't sharp. We've already talked about that. Jared Goff was not sharp in this game at all. The wide receivers themselves only got 12, 12 catches today for the receivers and tight ends. 12 catches. Todd Gurley was the man for him today. He was the backup. He was what, you know, He was the weapon against that Titans defense. Cooper Cup, 
We mentioned him early for the bad. He deserves the good. He really deserves that good. 34 yards is long on the day. The beautiful catch in the back of the end zone, the back corner, dragging his knee, make sure he got that knee in there. That turns into the game-winning touchdown. There's no other way to say it. Cooper Cup made up for his drop. And I hope that folks can understand that he's still a rookie. He takes a lot of flack for his drops. He needs to get probably equal, you know, in terms of, yeah, criticize him when he makes a mistake. That's what's going to happen in the NFL. Man, that touchdown today. Beautiful touchdown catch. He deserves credit for that. Robert Woods didn't get a whole lot of touches. Three catches, 33 yards. He does, though, on a couple different plays, get that critical first down. He is still the guy that Goff goes to when he's desperate, when he needs that play for a first down. And again, you know, we need to praise Goff here, too. It was clear early in the game that his arm, that, you know, he just wasn't right. He had some, when Jared Goff is off, his passes look horrible. They look like ducks, wobblers, when he's off. And he still managed this game for the Rams. They still put 27 points. They still, this is some bad weather, by the way. Four touchdown passes. He still finds a way to make things happen. It wasn't a beautiful day for him passing-wise. His numbers are a little inflated thanks to the, the beautiful performance in talk early. But Jared Goff, what we continue to see from him is his growth as a quarterback. And I, I have to believe that he'll keep being that. He'll keep growing into that role. Again, I, I said this a million times this year. He has been, to me, a rookie this year. I don't count the Jeff Fisher season as any kind of, anything of real substance. He got thrown in the wolves. And we called for it, by the way. I have to admit that. We called for him to be thrown in the wolves. And I'm actually okay with that. He needed that experience. But what coaching did Jeff Fisher do? We we saw over the weekend Jeff Fisher and Dave McGinnis trying to take credit for this Rams team. You go look at Jair Goff and you tell me what you did for him. What did you do? Nothing. What did you do? What kind of, how did you have him prepare for the NFL? Someone tell me that. All right. So there we go. There's the breakdown of the game for us. I, it's, it's impossible for me to really go through this game in terms of all the X's and O's. And I'll tell you why. It's been such, it was such an emotional game. It was a slog of the game. It's just hard to sit there and explain everything we're feeling. It's been since 2003. And the LA fans, the fans who have been with this team since before Georgia Frontier took them to St. Louis, they haven't seen the LA Rams win a division title since 1985. They saw the St. Louis Rams win a couple. But this is the first time they've seen the, the team as the LA Rams since 1985. There are a lot of emotions here. Let's think about this. For the St. Louis Rams, since 2003, since the last time the Rams went to the playoffs as a division winner, we've had George Bush II re-elected. We've had President Obama serve two terms. We've had now President Donald Trump take the presidency. We've had the House of Representatives flip. We've had the New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, all win multiple Super Bowls. We've seen the Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl. Do I need to keep going? The Cubs have won a World Series. The White Sox have won a World Series. This is crazy. Things have changed. I can go everywhere with this. We've seen changes all across the board on many different levels. The whole world's changed. Everything has changed since the Rams' last one division title. So, moving forward. The emotions there are, are pretty, they're, they're special. 2003 NFC West champions. That's the last time. Now it's 2017. That 14-year break is over. The 13-year break from the playoffs, that's over as well. The last time the Rams went through the playoffs was in 2004. They got their butts handed to them by the Falcons. Something tells me that's not going to happen this year. This team is much, much better. It's a good day to be a Rams fan. It's a good day for 
the long-suffering fans of this team to finally be able to say, okay, it's all over. The monkey's off our back. Even if the Rams go to the playoffs, lose, it's still a success this year. Now, we're not counting on that. This team is built to at least win a first game and to really give the Vikings, the Eagles, the Saints some problems in the next round. So let's not even talk about a loss in the playoffs. Okay, but we can say this season is a success. What Sean McVay has done out there for the Rams has been outstanding. There's no other way around it. This has been a success of a season. We can't really even compare it to anything going back 10 years. That's how successful it's been. There is no comparison. All right, before we we sign off, we do want to give, you know, we, we asked the fans on Twitter what kind of feedback they had for us, any questions or so on and so forth. First, let's do a couple shout outs here. We've had some very loyal followers who keep track of us and stick with us. We want to give a shout-out to Michael Southern, 48 Horster. That's a horrible name for Twitter, but hey, that's what he calls himself. Jack Mitchell at Starblade125. Great comments today, great questions. M Romano 24 Again, great comments on Twitter today. You know, thanks for following us, folks. You do a great job being a part of our team. You really are. You follow us on Twitter. You listen to our podcast. You interact with us. We really appreciate it. Okay, one of the questions I got comes from Wild and Sassy Gal at Wild and Sassy Gal. She wants to know our thoughts on Sam Ficken. Uh, my thoughts are, well, I'm not going to crucify the guy. It's his first NFL start. I'm not sure it's the best thing in the world to go after a guy and hammer him when he misses an extra point in his first field goal. Because guess what he did? He hit his next three extra points. And extra points aren't easy anymore. It was bad weather there. He's got rookie nerves. I'm not going to hammer this guy. I'm not going to hammer him yet. I think what happens here, though, is the Rams have a major, major problem in terms of how they play the game. They've had Greg Zerline as the guy who will step up and make a play for them. Now they don't have Greg Zerline. Now they have Sam Ficken. And I saw the list of veterans who were out there kicking. Garrett Hartley, Dan Carpenter. There's a reason why they're not on other rosters. There's a reason why they're not kicking for an NFL team right now. So I don't know that it's wise that we're sitting here playing Monday morning quarterback with the kicker. We weren't there for the tryouts. We weren't there to see how thick and performed. Obviously, he did better than what people expected him to do. So I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to judge him. All right. So what else we have here? Let's look on Twitter a little more. They want to know, Martin Slade asks, how sad will it be if we reach the Super Bowl without Greg Zerline? Sad. Sad face. The team really, really, he's such a big part of this offense. He is the guy who finishes the job. And so losing Greg Zerline, he changes everything for special teams. We saw it definitely on kickoffs today. We saw it today on in the kicking game with decisions that were made by Sean McVay. There's no way around it. King of the North at Bill's Reality says, I know everyone loves the winning, but do you think Sammy says no to Les Snead this offseason? Uh, you know, I think it's possible. Money talks. Money's a big deal, and... But we also need to be honest and say, you know what, Sammy Watkins has not performed in a way that we, we hoped he did. We were excited when the Rams went and got him. And he adds an element to the receiving core, no doubt. But has he been that solid number one receiver? The answer is no. No, he hasn't. Maybe in a second year in this offense, he will be, though. And so I hope he sees that. I hope that he enjoys the winning. I hope he wants to be on board for what his future can be with this team. Because I do, I've always been a Sam Watkins believer. I really have been. And I think that given time, as Jared Goff grows, they'll continue to bond and they'll become a better and better combination. 
Mario Flores Jr. at Pigskin Pep asks, why isn't Austin used as a slot receiver sometimes? Good question. The truth is for Tavon Austin, and I got into a debate with a fellow journalist not too long ago about it, and this is back when Austin actually did catch everything. And I, I, in the end, hindsight being 2020, I lose the argument because I argued that he had decent hands and that he wasn't dropping passes. The numbers showed that. The numbers really showed that in terms of what he caught compared to his, his targets and everything. But as his performance in the kicking game went down, as his performance in the main offense degraded, the Rams just found other options. And the reason I think we don't see him as a slot receiver is because I don't think the Rams, A, trust his hands. B, he's not that great a route runner. The Rams have a unique problem. They're paying this guy a lot of money, but he doesn't do a whole lot great. He has not evolved into the player they thought he would be when they went and got him. Is it a knock on him? He's got all the talent in the world. I guess it is a knock on him, but... You know, the Rams never knew what to do with him. They never knew what to do with him, and now they're stuck with him unless they want to take a big cap hit, and they, and they probably will. You have Farrell Cooper back there returning kicks, and that's the main reason to keep him. All right, so let's see here. Anything else? SA Local 90 comments. Still have to wrap up that three seed next week. He wants no part of Carolina in that wildcard game. Uh, you know what? To be honest, I'm not sure I want a part of the Saints either. You know, Carolina is basically Cam Newton right now. I, I would take my chance with them. Okay, so that's about it from Twitter. Want to end the show again thanking everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of those who have been with us from the very, very beginning. Merry Christmas to those who have jumped on board since. It's been a very special journey for us. We are now getting ready to finish up our fifth year as a site. This is our second year podcasting. This is our first full-time year podcasting. And you know, people have really joined us along the way. So we're very thankful as we enter the new year for you, our readers, our listeners. We're thankful for the ability to to interact with you. We're thankful that we can finally see this Rams team live up to the name that once was legendary across the league. Finally, we also want to wish the other podcasts that cover the Rams, the other news agencies that cover the Rams, Merry Christmas as well. We do this together. We all compete a little bit, but we all bring a different angle to the table. And in the end, it's for, it's about covering this team. It's about bringing this team to life. For us who have been doing this for a long time, I've been I'm I'm pushing 40, and over the years I've seen the Rams register. Well, let's count them: a winning season 1997-1998-1999-2000-2001-2003-2004-2005-2006-2007-2008-2009-2010-2011-2012-2013-2014-2015-2016-2017-2018-2019-2020-2021-2022-2023-2024-2025-2026-2027-2028-2029-2028-2
You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iHeartRadio. Oh, and we are on Google Play. If you have any questions or you want to go ahead and give us some feedback on today's show or any show, please email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. For the rest of the crew, Feliz Navidad, folks. We'll see you next week. can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.